to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. The Minnesota Wild played an extremely strong week, to be quite honest. Sure, we lost one game, but we still got a point out of it. 3-0-1 were the Minnesota Wild this past week. Doesn't get much better. I mean, this is a team playing, you know, you could say a winning percentage of 75. And yes, if this was the playoffs, an overtime loss is still a loss. But luckily, we're not quite at that yet. Though at the same time, I think most of us are dying to see our first... uh, (laughs) <laughs> to see our first number one seed in wild history. That would be great. Uh, home ice advantage throughout the playoffs if things hold up. That would be fantastic. Uh, you saw a hat trick this week, the first of the year for the Wild, and it was not Zach Parisi. In fact, it's been, I don't know how long since a <laughs> Minnesota Wild player not named Zach Parisi got the hat trick. I mean, we're talking back in the day. I mean, back when, I mean, Gabbard used to get him all the time and such. Uh, boy, it's pretty exciting to see that hat trick. I was able to, I, I threw, I had a couple of hats in my room here, and I threw them all on the floor, kind of one, two, three, because, yeah, you know what, let's celebrate, at least I can get them back, that's the worst part about a hat trick, you lose them, and that, of course, was Saturday, February the 4th, against the Vancouver Canucks, the hated Canucks, who beat the Wild last time around, right before the big winning streak started, and the Wild hat trick history, uh, you know, it, it, it is all over the place, it felt like it was Zach Parise all the time, but really, you got guys like, uh, uh, Nino Niederreiter was the last uh, non-Zach Parisi guy to get it, I suppose, because Zach Parisi had a couple last year before the injuries and before he started to drop off. Remember, he opened the season with a hat-trick last season. Nino Niederreiter, the last non-Zach Parisi guy to get a hat-trick on uh, November thirteenth, two 2014, and also Ryan Suter and Justin Fontaine earlier in that period. Ryan Suter in 2014, Justin Fontaine in the same week. How crazy is that? Back in early January 2014, so not too often. And then way back before that was Lachandres and Chuck Kobasu had a hat trick. Can you believe that? As, as little as he did with the Wild, Chuck Kobasu had a hat trick uh, against the Avalanche in 2009. Just sometimes things go the way they do in the Gabrick, just one after another. Parrish even got one, Mark Parrish, back in 06. Man, that's a long time ago. And then it's just Gabrick, 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 Brian Ralston, Schoenard. Yeah, sometimes certain guys get lucky here and there. It was cool to see Ryan Suter get that one, too. I remember that actually fairly well as we bounce around through wild history. Let's get back to Vancouver. Saturday, February the 4th, the most recent hat-trick for the Minnesota Wild, of course, Mikhail Granlin. Mike Riley, though, opened things up about seven minutes in the game, literally, with just a nice little rifle shot that got past Ryan Miller in this one. We appreciate that, without a doubt. (laughs) 33, 33 saves to Ryan Miller in the game, and the Wild uh, able to escape in this one with a 6-3 to victory. Of course, uh, Mikhail Granlin opening things up with his 13th goal, and then he'd get his 14th goal early in <clears throat> in the second period. Brandon Sutter also adding his 13th goal only four minutes after Mike Riley's goal, so things kind of bouncing back and forth early. You thought, here we go again, this might be another one of those high-scoring games against Vancouver. And indeed it was that, but luckily the Wild do bust things open as they continue. Zach Parisi rewarded for his hard work, his 10th goal of the year. Uh, frustrating goal against on, on uh, Devin Dubnik by Bo Harvat. Uh, you saw him get really frustrated, kind of a rifle shot past him. You thought, I mean, there was a little bit of traffic in front of Dubnik, but you thought maybe he'd be able to get to that one. But overall, this was a very entertaining game. Mikhail Granlin with four overall points. Koivu. Of a nice little feed, uh, another one of those uh, 
one-timers, a lot closer than some of the ones previously. Almost more of a rebound, kind of a deflection to Koivu, but it still counts as an assist, which is great for Mikhail Granlin as he would continue his point streak, 12 points, and he would continue it strongly, again, adding the hat trick later on after a little bouncy, bouncy, very wacky goal. Jason Zucker, about three shots on goal as the puck continued to bounce. It looked like he kind of kicked it over to Granlin, but hey, nobody really complained about it as he was just kind of sliding, basically. Puck bounced off his skate to Granlin, and Granlin able to finish. And a couple hats went on the ice, not too many, because there's not a whole lot of Wild fans in Vancouver, but some people traveled. The sucky part is you don't get them back. That's the sad part, so I'd be afraid to throw my hat on the uh, on the ice, as my, even though I have so many hats, you know. It'd be sad to see them go, you know. <laughs> I got three of them on the couch right now. Um, one of them, a Vegas Golden Knights hat, just to have fun because it's a new team. And, you know, I just I love the Calgary Flames logo and, of course, the Minnesota Wild hat. So, it's just, you know, it's fun to have them. I'm a hockey fan. Wild fan first, of course, you know that. I wasn't too happy about the Wild losing 5-1 to one to Calgary, so don't get too mad at me for that one <laughs> overall. Fun game, though, for the Minnesota Wild. Alex Tuck making his debut. Looked solid, kind of represented. Nothing spectacular, but that's good. He didn't stand out in a good way or a bad way, because sometimes some guys, they come out and score their first goal, and you get all excited, and then you, you don't really hear from them much again. Now, I do think Yul Eriksson Eck will have a very good career, but other guys, remember there was the... There was Mark Schoenard and then Eric Schoenard. I remember he had, I forget if he had a hat trick or two goals. I think it was two goals in his, in his first game with the Wild. And then Lemaire said it's one game. And then you never heard from him again, Eric Schoenard, as much as he was in there. Lemaire very aware that Schoenard, it was just mostly, okay, sure, right place, right time. But it wasn't a sign of things to come with Eric Schoenard, the younger brother of Mark Schoenard. Neither one of them really amounted to a whole lot in their career back in the day. That's going back in time quite a bit, about, about 11, 12 years ago. Fun kind of history for the Wild. It's amazing how long they've been around already. I mean, geez, it's 2017 already. Crazy to think this team started 16 and a half years ago, October 2000. Insane. And I was at one of the final, I was at one of the early preseason games that I remember seeing Antti Laxanen's first hat-trick. I was there in person for Antti Laxanen's uh, hat-trick. It was the very first in Wild history and against the Vancouver Canucks. Very fun night. I remember that very well. The puck was bouncing around, and I'm like, why do I have a feeling he's going to score and get a hat-trick here? And in it went, and out came the hats. It was crazy because it's the first hat-trick for any for a Minnesota NHL team in seven years or more. So very cool. As you remember, uh, uh, Russ Cordenhall might have been the last guy to get a hat-trick for the North Stars. I don't, I'm not sure if Madonna added one after that or anything, but uh, Russ Cordenall, I, I remember him getting one in Ulf Dahl in, in those last couple years there. I remember watching those back in the good old days. I do believe it was Cordenall, though. Nice little addition from the uh, Montreal Canadiens, unfortunately, at the expense of uh, losing Brian Bellows, though. Not too happy about that. Uh, fun night, though. Fun night for the Wild. Ryan Miller, you know, he's not that good, is he? <laughs> and I remember how a lot of people always looked at him. Well, he's a really good goalie. Not really. Um, and Dubnik was fairly sharp. He gave up a couple there that you thought maybe, well, yeah, it wasn't the best, but it is what it is. Um, especially in the uh, Winnipeg game, the second one. But still, only two goals allowed in that game, so you can't complain too much, really. Uh, Brendan Sutter also adding one on the power play for Vancouver later on before Granlin adding the final of the, of the three goals and his fourth point of the night, extending his point streak. He thought, this guy's never going to stop scoring. 48 points on the year, and he is projected to get in the 70s now, the low 70s at this point, 74 points on the season, and this is after the whole week. Very cool to see how well 
And Mikhail Granlund really is playing. And yes, it's a contract year. We'll keep coming back to that because obviously he signed a two-year Band-Aid deal, or bridge deal, pardon me, where it's either going up or going down for Mikhail. And it's definitely going up. He is really fitting in nicely in Bruce Boudreaux's system. Tuesday, February the 7th, Minnesota Wild head to Winnipeg, Manitoba. I picked them to lose the game because I had a feeling, well, Darcy Kemper will probably be a net. And I don't know. Uh, we'll probably be more revved up for the Chicago game the next night. All that crap. But you know what? Obviously, this team wants to win every game they can. And who doesn't? If you're a competitor, we get all that. That's nothing new. Duh. Uh, entertaining first period. Extremely entertaining. The Wild would go up 2 to nothing in this one as they were peppering the Winnipeg netminder. In this case, it was Pavelic who was getting frustrated quite a bit off and on in this game. Would Mikhail Granlin continue his point streak? Well, he would have a chance to, that's for sure. Devin Dubnik was peppered all night, though. Uh, 38 shots on net. Pavelic, not that sharp, as he would give up three goals on only 14 shots and was pulled for Connor Hellebuck. Hellebuck, who actually has probably been playing better than him anyway. And he did play better. He, he was more sharp in the net than Pavlach, who just a year ago looked pretty damn outstanding as Winnipeg was a pretty strong team. Actually, two years ago now already. I'm getting him confused now. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, two years ago, Winnipeg was a deadly team, to be quite honest. So he had four points for Granlin the night before. Who was going to step up tonight? Well, it was going to be some guys on a fresh new line. Charlie Coyle moving over to center. This was what you would call the third line. Halla down on the fourth line in this case. Kind of strange put together in this one. Uh, Schrader sent back to the press box at this point. Alex Tuck continuing with the Minnesota Wild. Only a second game. Again, solid. He was a minus one on the night. Unfortunately, he was out there when Winnipeg scored. Basically is what happened and not out there when other guys scored. Zach Carisi this whole week, though. Just tireless effort. Uh, strong overall week for him, for Zach Parisi. It's too bad he wasn't able to score in these two games, but he had several opportunities. Just He just seems to get, get just stopped by a spectacular save or a crazy bounce of the puck, whatever it is. Parisi, though, it's like one of these days he's going to break loose, and it's crazy to think right now he's on pace for only 41 points on the season. I can't imagine it's going to continue that way. Don't be surprised, by the way. I'm going to make a prediction right now. Zach Parisi will have a hat trick before the season ends. He's been very, very good, and let's be absolutely fair about that. Minnesota Wild have officially won the series already, as this was a 4-2 victory for the Wild. They're 3-0 and in a five-game regular season series against the Winnipeg Jets. They wrap up the month of February in Winnipeg, Manitoba on Feb 28th, and then of course March 19th, they wrap the season series up. Hopefully a sweep, but that would, I'm not counting on that. Five-game sweep? That's pretty good if that takes place. Though the Wild were able to pull that off last season against the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> It was pretty funny. Uh, Charlie Coyle, though, very sharp the whole night, kind of crashing the net, making nice passes, setting up other other players. He actually didn't shoot the puck, which might still bug Bruce Boudreaux, but he was setting up others. Niederreiter and Jason Pominville, respectively, who would score twice in this game each. Absolutely cool. Four points for Jason Pominville. He, he helped out on both of the Niederreiter goals. Awesome. Niederreiter, no assists in this game. Charlie Coyle, three assists total. Very strong game by the Wild here in this one. Niederreiter would add an empty netter, of course. A nice little lead pass from Pominville that started from Scandella. Uh, but let's get back to where we were early on. Uh, Niederreiter, very nice uh, physical close-up goal and a nice pass from Coyle. Same situation from Pom for Pominville back-to-back -back goals. The Wild would take a 3-0 lead in this one. Very, very fun night overall for the Wild. 
nice to see the third line. And that's, again, this is why this team is so good because it's different players stepping up every night. And again, if the season ended, or excuse me, if the season <laughs> projected out the way it's heading right now, Jason Tominville would be at 50 points again. Who saw Jason Tominville scoring 50 points this year? That's incredible. Amazing to see a nice little comeback rebound from Jason Tominville. And again, the coach, yeah, you have a better coach, you have a better system. You have, you put guys together because of a feel, though with how they look on this night. You just get a vibe, and look what happened. I mean, this is a great coach. This is a great coach. <laughs> Devin Dubnik, by the way, in net, as I get to the point, too, on that. Devin Dubnik was in the net, not Darcy Kemper, which made things extremely interesting because, uh, again, another test from Bruce Boudreaux. Is Darcy Kemper up to the challenge? Will the Wild be okay? It wasn't getting cocky against the Blackhawks. It was testing Darcy Kemper. And it was also because, you know, you need to get Dubnik some rest, too, at the same time giving Dubnik a little break, though he didn't have a whole lot of a break against Winnipeg because, they, again, they peppered him with 40 shots on net. But he was spectacular most of the night, except for the Joe Ar- Joel Armia goal. Just pretty much uh, just, a, just a gentle shot. It wasn't even a hard shot, just kind of a soft little get the puck on net, and it went right past Dubnik. It was kind of strange. So it was a 3-2 to two game. Again, after Brian Little's goal, which I had no problem with. 15th goal of the year. Just one of those nothing-you-can-do type of plays. Good passing and redirect and all that. Brian Little, 15th goal in the season. Nino Niederreiter luckily would add the empty netter in what ended up being a much closer game than we thought it would be. As, again, Winnipeg making it 3-2. to two. And then that third period was a lot of back-and-forth hockey, a lot of physical Minnesota and Winnipeg type of hockey. Jets definitely led in shots the, from, from pretty much the whole game here. Only six shots on goal for the Wild to Winnipeg 16 in that second period. Definitely a momentum shift there. The Jets getting very aggressive, but Dubnik absolutely up to the challenge the whole time. And the Wild, again, survive on the road. A spectacular world record at this stage in their last 17 games. As, of course, the road record or the road trip ends at this point. And we have a massive homestand, eight-game homestand, which is crazy. The rest of the month of February here, pretty much, uh, just about anyway. 14-1-2 for the Minnesota Wild in the past 17 road games. Unbelievable. Uh, this is a team that is competing for you-know-what. Uh, I'll leave it at that, though. Wow. Um, <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that, does it? This team deserves so much respect, and the coach coaching it, obviously. You know, we could just keep talking about it forever, but Boudreaux, it's again, as they say, everything he touches turns to gold. I mean, nice little third line there, huh? You take Niederreiter off the uh, the top line, move him down to the third, and what happens? Boom, just blows up again. And, you know, <laughs> doesn't matter. I mean, as good as Niederreiter was playing on the top line, look at him now. You know, look at him on the third line, just spectacular. Um, they outplayed everybody in this one. Pominville, the overall player of the game, Coyle right in there as well. Joel Armia, nice, solid defense for him, but <laughs> getting the puck past Dubnik right over his, his uh, what would have been his right shoulder, making it look way too easy there. But again, the Wilds' road record continues to rock and roll. The overall game of the week, the Wild would be on national television Wednesday, February the 8th, and Friday, February the 10th. My my, my, my dad's birthday and my two nephews, Max and Alex's birthday, um, <laughs> uh, about how many, 53 years apart? No, 63 years apart from each other. Pretty crazy when you think about that. 63 years apart. That's incredible when you think about that. Uh, <laughs> Max and Alex, 12 at this stage, and my dad turning at a ripe age of 74 already. That's crazy. Uh, the Wild and the Blackhawks, Darcy Kemper and Nett, and the Wild aggressors early, 
but Chicago would re- get rewarded early in this one. They would take a 2 nothing lead. The first period, the Blackhawks would, would be up one nothing. Ryan Hartman, I don't know. It, it looked like the kind of goal that Dubnik would stop. You know, one, but it's still a good play. I mean, I'll give him credit. Schmaltz's goal, Schmaltz's alt, like Shells, would get his fourth goal of the year. He was one of the, obviously one of the defensemen for Chicago, getting it past Kemper. That was a little bit better. It's just you're a little scared when you said get past uh, Dub, uh, Kemper as early as it did. You get a little frustrated. You start wondering what's going to happen here. Now what's going to happen? Are we going to get blown out in our home uh, on national television because Kemper's in net? He's going to let us down. But no, Kemper was very good in this game. Yes, the Blackhawks are up 2 to nothing, but Kemper was actually really strong in that first period. He faced 10 shots, but some of those saves were just downright outstanding. Uh, he deserves a, deserves a ton of credit and uh, a lot of respect for me in return. Um, the Hartman goal again. I mean, it was kind of point-blankish, but still, you know, I don't know. I, I guess you could say it's a Koivu type of goal, kind of a one-timer. It is what it is. The Wild absolutely awesome in that second period. 19 shots on that. Peppered the hell out of Corey Crawford, who, again, was outstanding in the game. Much to our chagrin in St. Paul for everybody at Exo Energy Center. <sighs> Jonathan Taze has been struggling... Most of the season with injuries, kind of nagging injuries and such, would be definitely the best player for the Blackhawks, him and Corey Crawford, throughout the night. And Patrick Kane, on a night when he wouldn't score a goal, you thought the Wild would be okay, and they wouldn't, unfortunately. Uh, Jared Spurgeon, though, with one of the most spectacular shots you'll see from a Wild defenseman, and this was only this was only about 30, 37 seconds after Schmaltz's alt scored his fourth goal of the year for Chicago. Uh, Stahl kind of leading it up from Niederreiter over to Spurgeon. And he just, he hit, he, I mean, he could have hit a mouse hole with that shot. It was, it was a bullseye like you'll never see. Shoot it high on Corey Crawford, and he shot it high. And it was just under that crossbar and just, and I mean just over the, 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 the stretch of uh, Mr. Corey Crawford. Seventh goal of the season by Spurgeon. Just the hesitation and the release on that shot. A spectacular, accurate shot by Jared Spurgeon. How can you not love the guy? I mean, one of, he's as good a defenseman as you got, but also he's capable of, of a play like that. Awesome. Uh, Parisi, never afraid to get dirty, and this whole week, just tireless effort, working his ass off time and time again, not afraid to take punishment, getting knocked all over the place all week, smushed down on the ice in the Vancouver game on multiple occasions and in the Winnipeg game, and he gets rewarded as he was able to rebound his own shot and put it in off the top of the crossbar, Past Corey Crawford. Again, raise the puck against Corey Crawford. <laughs> Please, shoot it high. Yes, that's the only way to beat this guy. He is spectacular, low and middle. If you can get it high on Parisi, or excuse me, on uh, Crawford, you have a chance. Parisi, just tireless effort, and I did predict that he was the most likely guy to score against Colorado. I was very happy about that. Also, some uh, tra- a little transaction for the Wild. Mike Riley rightfully sent down because, you know what, he makes a lot of mistakes. And one of his, another situation where he fell over and lost the puck against Vancouver created a two-on-one that hurt Dubnik. Again, that was the second goal of the game for the Vancouver Canucks much earlier. Mike Riley, too many mistakes, even though he got the nice little goal and everything. That's the only point he scored the whole season. So a frustration for us right here. And Gustav Olsson brought up instead out of Iowa, who had 21 points for the Iowa Wild at this stage. Gustav Olsson has been solid. He's been solid, and don't be surprised if he stays up with the Minnesota Wild now, long-term, possibly. But, of course, you're going to have Rodine coming back at some point. I wish they called up Olsen instead in the first place. Get him some much-needed experience, like a whole month of hockey at the NHL level. 
Who knows? Maybe make a move on Folin or something and keep Olsen up. I don't know, because Folin hasn't been as good as he was before the injury. Uh, but it was really nice to see Zach Crazy get rewarded in this one. And Folin wasn't wasn't even in this game either, as, as <laughs> Boudreaux would have Prosser up there. The scratches, uh, of course, uh, Folin was scratched in this game, along with Tyler Grayvok in favor of Alex Tuck and Jordan Schrader, of course, in this one. And of course you're never gonna you're never gonna you're never gonna scratch Stewart at this stage. He's been playing so well for the wild, even though you're not seeing the goals at the moment. Alex Tuck represented, but unfortunately this would be uh <clears throat> this would be his last game with the Wild before we head to Tampa Bay, or excuse me, before we host the Tampa Bay Lightning Friday night. Alex Tuck will only get three games with the Wild at this stage. He's going back down and we'll talk about how his Strong performance Friday night, almost as if he was pissed off in a way. But uh, this was a very entertaining game. I'm bouncing around a little too much. I apologize. Zach Parisi really working his ass off. Panic, unfortunately, 10 minutes later. Had the Wild frustrated again as he got another one past Kemper. Uh, you know, it's like you always wonder, would Dubnik get this one or would he not? I mean, it just constantly goes through your head. I don't know. It is what it is. 12th goal of the year for him, and then the Wild would get so many chances, and Crawford would knock things, the puck away time and time again. Time and time again, the Wild would get chances. They would get blocked or whatever it was. Only six shots on goal recorded for the Wild in that second period, even though the Wild peppered Crawford so nicely the rest of that second period and stopped every single time after Parisi tied the game up. And, of course, panicked, gave the Blackhawks the lead. Only six shots recorded on net. The Blackhawks' defense, absolutely spectacular. And the uh, the nice attempts by the Wild would be stopped by Crawford. Only six officially on net, despite, again, several shots by the Wild in that third period. Jarmelson with a nice block. At one point, was hit pretty hard. He was limping. One of the better defensemen in the league. A lot of people wish the Wild could have a guy like that. But we don't at this stage, even though the Wild defense has been very good for the most part, with a few uh, young exceptions, we'll say. Eric Halla would get rewarded with a Parisi type of goal. But really, the guy who made the play happen was Marcus Cantella, who just hung onto that puck, attacked the net, crashed the net, and then made a nifty little last-second flip over to Eric Halla, who buried it. 11th goal of the season, tied with Parisi in goals, which is kind of funny and sad at the same time. And we have a tie game with only three minutes remaining. Not a whole lot after that. The teams were just kind of playing keep away from each other, trying to get to OT. Unfortunately, Jonathan Taves, after spectacular chances for the Minnesota Wild in the overtime period. Uh, Mikhail Granlund had a major opportunity to get to start a new point streak. He was stopped. Uh, Suter was all by himself, and he was stopped by Crawford. Just heartbreaking. And then, of course, once the Blackhawks had a power play and were able to set things up a little bit, you just knew they are going to find a way to get that in the net. Patrick Kane gets the puck on that. Jonathan Tates finishes, and that was it. An overtime loss for the Wilds. We still get a point out of it. That's good. On a back-to-back, a well-played game for the Minnesota Wild with Darcy Kemper in net against Chicago. Not too bad. Uh, the Blackhawks snap an eight-game regular season losing streak to the Minnesota Wild. We know about the playoffs. They've won at least five in a row at this stage. <laughs> against the Wild, that Game 6, um, unfortunate Game 6 loss with the old stanchion gate, we'll say, back in 14. I can't believe it's been that long. And then that awful sweep in the second round uh, after the, after the, I mean, after beating the St. Louis Blues, things changed so dramatically with that Blackhawks series. Just down the tubes, things went heartbreaking. <sighs> well, this this one made me think about Stanchion Gate, even though he wasn't nearly as lucky as that. It's just, damn it, the Blackhawks won again in an overtime game. It's like going into overtime against the Blackhawks is like scary stuff, isn't it? 
If you can come out of that one alive, you're going to feel pretty damn good about yourself. Uh, but the Wild survive. They get a point with Kemper against the Blackhawks. Pretty cool. Pretty cool performance. Parisi. Lucky to see him, or ha- happy to see him get rewarded. I should also mention, again, Granlin had his first ever uh, penalty shot attempt in the Winnipeg game. I didn't even mention it. And then Hellebuck basically, <laughs> just as he tried to, as Granlin tried to fake him out and into a backhand, Hellebuck basically challenged, just basically got him on the ground, got Granlin on the ground, knocked him off his feet, and that was it, unfortunately, for Granlin. So he would not extend his point streak in that case, that was way back in the Winnipeg game, or actually just one game before. It feels like a long time ago now, after what's happened with Chicago and Tampa Bay since then. <laughs> but uh, two overtime games, exhausting stuff. Fun, fun week, though, for the Wild. Unfortunately, could not beat Chicago, but still, three out of four, and you still get seven out of eight points during the course of this week. Pretty awesome. Friday, February the 10th, Devin Dubnik was in net, and it showed. Oh, did it show. Devin Dubnik was lights out in this game. Tampa Bay, only a 500 team, but they looked awfully good in this one. Vasilevsky was spectacular. Um, ben Bishop, who? You know, I mean, this guy frustrated the crap out of me. I'm like, we could never score in this son of a biscuit. Nino Niederreiter finally would get one, his 18th goal of the season, on the power play. And it was a nifty one, indeed. Nino Niederreiter, certainly a Mike Modano candidate for the week, because he leads the team in goals of 18 now, continuing to play strong. And Granlund and Niederreiter, or excuse me, Granlund, and Pominville adding points. Pominville back on the power play again. Isn't that crazy? Palmer, Palmer is back on the power play. And again, now he's projected for 50 points in the season. Granlin projected for 74 on the season. Niederreiter with about 64. I mean, these guys all playing awesome hockey right now under this coach. But pretty much it was all about Dumnik and Vasilevsky time and time again. There'd be good shot attempts. For both teams, the Wild were very aggressive in this game. Tampa Bay, the Wild would shut them down for the most part, and Dubnik would make all the saves he needed to, other than uh, points, <laughs> Braden Point's goal late in that second period. Just a few minutes after Niederreiter. That's where all the scoring happened, that little three-minute three, three minute period there, <laughs> as the two goalies were spectacular along the way. Nice shot attempts from both teams, particularly that third period, which was very entertaining. But lots of stops from both teams. Thank God Dubnik was able to stop all 13 shots that came his way. Uh, the Wild would only get one shot officially on Vasilevsky in overtime. It was frustrating as they continued to get the puck knocked away. Dubnik stopped five shots by Tampa Bay. I thought we were going to lose the game. Dubnik spectacular. Just nothing was getting past Andre Vasilevsky in this one. Driving me crazy. I, again, I thought we were going to lose. It looked like, especially when you head into the shootout, as the Wild could not get anything going in overtime. Anything too spectacular. Pominville, kind of too much hesitation, too much waiting. Couldn't get things going. Point missed. Koivu with the backhand. And this one, it's like he waited a little bit longer, and that's why he beat Vasilevsky. It wasn't like the same old thing over and over again. A little extra time, and it was a great play. Dubnik able to stop Druin. Thank God. I was scared to death. Jonathan Druin, the guy the Wild were trying to get in the trade a year ago when we were desperate to get a score. Oh, I was scared to death that he was going to put that in. Parisi stopped. That was frustrating. Again, just a little bit, you know, just a little bit too much hesitation. He didn't raise the puck up. I, you know, Vasilevsky had the pad down, and Parisi could not get the puck up in time. <laughs> Heartbreaking there. Kucherov, ooh, boy, nice stop by Dubnik because he was able to lay down and keep that thing out of there. Spectacular, and he just... <laughs> <laughs> wild escape with a shootout win. We don't have to go to any extra shots or anything. Thanks to Koivu burying his early one. It was just three shots and that was it. The Wild escape with a nice win against a 
team that was playing awesome defense. Uh, this is an old school Devin Dubnik, Minnesota Wild 2-1 victory. Earlier in the year when uh, when the Wild first started winning some games, it was 2-1 games like this. And that's when, I remember when Boudreaux said, if we have to win games 2-1, I guess we will. And that was one of those type of games. The Wild could get nothing past Vasilevsky most of this game. But thankfully, Koivu saves the day in the shootout. Thank God. Dubnik again. Awesome throughout the game. Zach Parisi, so many shots on goal, so many attempts. And you know what? The guy is so deserving of so much credit for the course of this week. You know, I can't believe it. You know, he only wound up with one goal this week. Yet, it's like he was there for so so many attempts. He was always there uh, in, the, in the overtime and in the third period, especially. So many attempts for Parisi. Uh, the Blackhawks game, just a tireless worker. That overtime period, though, uh, Parisi, God, I thought he had it. I thought we were going to win the game. He slumped over in the bench in the overtime period because three-on-three is exhausting. It's a lot of constant movement. Parisi burnt out, and the guy's really showing him a lot of respect there. I'm going to give Zach Parisi the Mike McDonough Award for the week, despite only one goal. I mean, he was that good this week, and he deserves he deserves it big time. Uh, three honorable mentions, though, that deserve absolute recognition this course of this week. You can even say Dubnik, too, but I'm going to end up giving those to Granlin with the hat trick. That, but unfortunately, he got a little bit quieter during the course of the week. He was good, though. It's not to say he wasn't good against everybody during the, during this one, especially in the Tampa Bay game. I thought he was very solid. Um, Blackhawks game, too, honestly. Uh, Niederreiter, multi-goal games and, and, and another goal against uh, Tampa Bay. He's been strong all week in Pominville. Huge. Nice to see Coyle kind of get back in the scoring again. 42 points on the season for Coyle. Very nice to see. Would like to see a little more out of Stahl soon, but the Mike Madonna Award for this week is going to Zach Parisi. I'm just representing hard work in such a big way, and eventually it's going to pay off. Zach Parisi will get an A for effort this course of this week. And this is not trying to be cute, trying to give a participant award to everybody. He was the best player on the uh, in, a, in a lot of ways. He just, you know, no puck luck for the poor guy, except in the Blackhawk game. And that was more hard work than any type of putt luck. He just got screwed on a lot of those. I think he should have had three goals there at least this week. At least. I thought he might have scored four times last night. Vasilevsky was spectacular. And again, Tampa's defense, absolutely great. So, I mean, it is what it is. Needle is the only wild player to get one past. And of course, Koivu in the shootout. The James Shepard Memorial. I mean, I, I, I don't... Mike Riley, I guess. He wasn't really good. And again, the turnovers and such. Not very impressed with Mike Riley. Dumba, I think, could be a little bit better, too, again. But it's like, we, we could say that forever with Dumba. He's inconsistent. He's kind of, he steps up sometimes when he shouldn't and that and this and that. I mean, I'm going to give it to Mike Riley. Just just a mess out there. I wish Gustav Olsen was uh, up instead of him. And what's frustrating is Mike Riley's, you know, already 23, 24 years old. So that's what's bugging me a little bit. Olofsson's slightly younger, and he looks a little more steady. Uh, hopefully he can get his first point very soon. Be greatly appreciated. So let's wrap this up. Kind of a long game review, because a lot to say. A very exciting week of hockey for the Minnesota Wild. Let's take a quick break. We will preview three games coming up, and we'll talk about the prospects right after this, and we will introduce a new friend to, Minis- to, to Brave the Wild. Yes, sir. Back here for segment number two, three games to preview 
all, well, they used to be a Western Conference team. Detroit's one of them <laughs> now on the Eastern Conference, all home games for the Wild. Detroit, Anaheim, Dallas, Detroit, Anaheim, and Dallas. We're going to introduce a new friend right now, though. Got to get to it immediately. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash MN Wild Players. Oh, Facebook.com forward slash MNW Players. That's how we say it officially. I want to say Wild, but it's W Players or at MNW Players. Really, really appreciate the new friendship here. Uh, lots of, it's kind of like everything wild, including the prospects. That's kind of what uh, Chance Kostic, my brother-in-law from my brother's side, of course, or my brother's uh, my brother's wife's side, will say. Um, he introduced me to a new friend here named Pavel, a really cool guy out of uh, Czech, uh, out of Czechoslovakia. There, uh, really appreciate you, Pavel. Bunat, Pavel Bunat, really appreciate, uh, very, uh, really appreciate, really nice young guy there over in the Czech there. Um, very, he's created a very nice site here and on Facebook, and it's also a website as well. You can look that up. Lots of conversation, everything wild, again, the players, but also gets deep into the prospects as well, like, like I like to do on this show, and that's what made... Um, Chance refer me to Pavel here as uh, he likes to post onto the uh, the Minnesota Wild Hardcore page as well. Extremely popular, run by Jim Madil out there as well. So he allows me to post on here, do a little editing, you know, with the, you know, like sometimes, it, you know, well, English isn't their first language, so maybe clean up the grammar a tiny bit here and there. Nothing major big deal, but also he lets me post on there and also allows me to post uh, Brave the Wild on there as well, uh, links to Brave the Wild. So really appreciate Pavel. Nice guy. Uh, we, interesting conversation back and forth of the prospects. We'll get back to that shortly when we get to that point. He's got some interesting info, and he knows some of the guys over there as well, because obviously some of them are from there over in Europe. So very cool. Trying to dig a little bit. Yeah, this is okay. There, that's now it's ready to go. <laughs> Let's talk about the Detroit game first. Sunday, February the 12th, national TV again. Wow. As a certain president would say, we're going to win so much, we're going to get tired of it. But no, we're, we're never going to stop winning. We're going to keep winning, right? Let's just keep doing it. A certain president would say, more national television the following week as well. Tuesday, February the 21st against the Blackhawks again, home game. And then February the 27th, six whole days later. I believe that would be the what they call the bye week and, and all that. Not sure what that's all about, but it's nice. Nice little break. That's a long break in between two home games. National television, Monday the 27th, February the 27th, against the hated Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, hated, right? Well, hopefully we can beat them again. National television games, they're coming back. We're going to keep it up. Detroit, the game of the week. How about that? How about that? 2 p.m. Sunday for us. So it gets to replace NFL football, which I'm okay with. I love football, but I love hockey too. And I really love it when it's Minnesota Wild. Detroit Red Wings, what the hell's going on over there, huh? Well, did you think that 20, how many years has it been? 1989? I mean, almost 30 years of playoff appearances was enough for the Detroit Red Wings as they made it last year, just barely. <laughs> the Detroit Red I can't even believe how long they made the playoffs. I think their run is over, though, to me. It looks like it. They're only 500 in an Eastern Conference, which is not the Eastern Conference. They're downright fantastic right now. I mean, they're still in the hunt, though, so you never know. I mean, you just never know. Tampa Bay's still kind of in the hunt, too. 54 points on the season, Detroit, but all their major statistics, not good. Um, ooh, they're 12th in penalty minutes. Yay. You know, goals for 25th, goals against 24th, 30th on the power play, 30th. And then mid of the middle of the pack, 16th on the penalty kill, about 81%. So 
So watch them torch us, right? I don't think so. Um, if the Wild lose to Detroit, I'm going to be ticked off, quite frankly. And their leading goal scorer, <laughs> do I have to say his name? I don't want to say it, but it is what it is. Thomas Vanek. Give me a break. Thomas Vanek. Woo freaking who. Like, really? Thomas Vanek? Really? <laughs> okay, I'm not too surprised, but then again, it's only 13 goals. I mean, you know, Niederreiter's got to beat by eight, or five, excuse me. I'm going crazy because of the 18. But, uh, yeah, Vanek, uh, off injured here and there. He's missed about 12 games on the season. Zetterberg leading the way, 39 points. Vanek with 35. Woohoo. Not much scoring, but there's a little bit of balance in the top two lines there and all that. Uh, Nyquist with 28 points. Their third leading scorer is only 28 points. When you don't score much and your goaltending is not real good, you're kind of in trouble here. You're kind of in trouble. Yes, you kind of are. Um, Jimmy Howard's been on the injured reserve with a sprained MCL since December 21st. That's one of the main reasons this team is not doing well because otherwise they would be a solid, you know, they would they would be a solid defensive kind of a team right now, even though in the past they're much more known for an offensive type of team. Merazek, who's been the main goalie of late, is averaging 3.14 goals against this season. Save percentage, 89%. Not that good. 12-13 and 13 on the year. Jimmy Howard, before that, is, he was snake bit. Uh, but uh, Devin Dubnik-like numbers. I mean, 90, in 17 games, over 93% save percentage, 1.96 goals against. It's just no goal support, no offense support from the Detroit Red Wings for the most part. Again, if you're leading goal scorers, 13 from Thomas Vanek, just decent, decent, slightly above average offensive player with no defense whatsoever in Vanek's case. Zetterberg's ancient. Uh, Pavel Dotsuk, long gone now. Well, not long gone, but gone after they lost in the first round last season were the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Um, Peter Muzrek, who's, who's been better in... Muzrek, who's been better in the past. He's also from Czechoslovakia there, just like Pavel Bunet. Uh, <laughs> wonder if he knows him at all, but uh, I don't know. Probably not. You, you never know, but probably not. Uh, Merzak had been so good. That's the thing. I, I mean, you, you know, he finally gets a chance to, to play a lot of games, and he's not good. Jimmy Howard, again, you know, he's a veteran who's been around for years, and he was strong. But again, snake bit. Merzak, before this season, his goals against average, his career goals against average, about 2.3, 2 2.25, maybe. Very strong. So what the hell happened? I mean, last year he had four shutouts. He, he was uh, 27 and 16. He actually did get a few more games in that than Jimmy Howard last year. Very strong. And look at him now. He's terrible. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, the Wilds should beat this team. They need to beat this team. Dubnik will probably be in that. Probably. And if he is, I mean, this is the kind of game I wouldn't even mind putting Kemper in. And if he lose, that would really suck. Most recently, they've lost 6-3 to three to the Capitals. Yuck. 6-3. to three. Uh, three to two loss to Columbus. So you're playing the two best teams in the NHL outside of Minnesota. And then you play Minnesota. Look at Washington. Oh my God, this is cruel. Just look at this schedule. Brutal. Okay, we start off with New Jersey. You lose four to three. You beat the Isles five to four. Okay, you shut out Nashville one to nothing. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> That's a nice little rebound. But then you go to Columbus. Or you host Columbus. You lose three to two. Go to Washington, and then you have to go to Columbus again, and then to Minnesota. That's brutal, man. And then you play Washington again after you play St. Louis, and then Pittsburgh. Jeez, Detroit, they're screwed. <laughs> so much for being 500, I guess. 
Wow, they're screwed. Uh, the Wild should win this game. Point. Let's get to the point here. Wild will win the game. I'm going to go with 4-2. to two. Most likely got to score against Detroit. Zach Parisi is going to score. He's going to get rewarded. He's going to score. He might even have a multi-goal game. Zach Parisi will score against the Detroit Red Wings, and the Wild will win the game 4-2. to two. Thomas Vanek, watch him score against us. He probably will. Because that's how it always is. He'll probably find a way to get one past Dubnik or Kemper, whoever it is. I wouldn't mind putting Kemper in this one as the schedule gets a little bit tighter as we continue to march forward into this into this week. Um, Detroit's chances of making the playoffs this year are very small. Unless Howard comes back and he's really strong. The Minnesota Wild hosts the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. This one's not on national television. Not on national television What's going on with the home schedules here on, on Valentine's Day? That's funny, but a little romantic game. You get either LeBron James and the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers for the Timberwolves, or you get Corey Perry, Anaheim Ducks, you know, these guys, John Gibson, Ryan Kessler, all these boys in Excel Energy Center. So both teams are hosting <laughs> Valentine's Day. Wow, that's funny. Bring your roses, bring your carnations, bring your whatever it is. Bring your hockey pucks, your jerseys, whatever the heck you want to give. Whatever she likes. <laughs> or hopefully she'll reward you with something as well. I don't know. Uh, a nice turkey dinner. I don't know. I'm just messing around. Uh, how about how about a little duck hunting on this night? Hopefully the Wild continue that. As the Wild have been duck hunting a little bit this year. And that's good. Um, <laughs> trying to dig up the uh, the schedule over the course of the, the year here. Uh, John Gibson's been strong over the over the, the season. Jonathan Bernier. Jonathan Bernier. Last time around the Wild were able to get past him. It was scary at first. Bernier was stopping everything, and then the floodgates opened, and everything was fine. The Wild have already won the season series against Anaheim. I couldn't even tell you the last time that's ever happened. In fact, it probably never has. The chances of the Wild sweeping them, pretty good, I would say. Honestly, even though John Gibson's an awesome goalie, and I don't think he'll get hurt this time, but who knows what's going to happen. Uh, he's not hurt at this point. Clayton Stoner, again, will probably not be seeing us. Lower body, injured reserve type of thing. We're not going to be seeing him outside of that. Not very familiar names on the injury list at this stage for Anaheim Ducks. So John Gibson, 100% chance he's going to be in net. I would not, I would be shocked if Bernie Air was in net for the Ducks. John and Jonathan um, Bernie Air, or excuse me, Gibson, three shutouts on the season, 2.29 goals against average, 92% save percentage. Bernie Air isn't bad. He's a classic backup goalie. In fact, I'd rather have him than Kemper at this point, but it is what it is. Kessler leads the way with 43 points. He's also a physical, agitating son of a biscuit. We all know that. Corey Perry's more of the skill guy, but still, uh, Kessler's got more goals. He's more physical. Rickard Rattel, though, does lead the goals, but doesn't get a whole lot of a helper's 22 goals in the season for him. Getzloff, a very familiar name. He is the top playmaker for the Ducks. He's the Granlund, the Granlund, the Granlund, the Granlund for the Anaheim Ducks. I do believe the uh, Wild can win this game. I think if you're going to lose a game this week, it would be this one. I mean, do I go 3-0 and this week, or do I pick the uh, Ducks to pull off the season series here, uh, or to, to at least put something into the season series? I'm going to pick the Ducks, you know, again, just to be safe here. I think the Wild are more likely to beat Dallas than the Ducks. I think that it's going to be lower scoring, 3-2 to two type of game. Maybe Kemper, maybe uh, Dubnik. I don't know. I mean, you got to play Kemper some more again, see what you have. I wouldn't be surprised if Kemper was in net, frankly, against the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Dubnik had to work his ass off against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So we'll see. It, it all depends. I mean, Dubnik was so sharp. Maybe you just leave him in and because there's no back-to-backs at the moment. Um... But I, 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 I don't know. Uh, this might even be a two-to-one type of thing. I mean, really, I, 
I just smell really low scoring. Unless some, unless unless like uh, Gibson gets hurt again, but that, that was just a one-time thing. I would hope, for the Ducks' sake. Bernie uh, was, you know, he's he's been solid on the year. He's still eight and four despite mediocre-ish kind of numbers. To, uh, had had a better career earlier on with Toronto and and the LA Kings in the past. Um, I'm gonna go with a. Maybe this will be two to two, and then yeah, two to two, and then extra period. Anaheim will escape two to two, so only two goals against Dubnik. Maybe it goes to shootout, maybe it goes to overtime, but two to two in an extra period overtime loss. Wild will get a point in the game. Wild will get a point against the Ducks. Most likely guy for the Wild to score in this one. Needle Needle Rider will continue leading the way for the Wild, and this time against the Anaheim Mighty Ducks or Ducks. They don't even they don't use the word Mighty anymore. So good for them. Let's move on quickly here. Wild host the Dallas Stars, the hated. The hated Dallas Stars, the now much more irrelevant Dallas Stars, as Anaheim has been great over there in in the, in the um, Pacific Division. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going backwards here. Dallas Stars, Jamie Benn, Kerry Lennon, Antti Niemi. I mean, when you have Kerry Lennon and Antti Niemi, it's just Kemper and Backstrom to me right now. And Kemper and Backstrom equal getting your butt kicked on a nightly basis. Haspez is out with injured reserve as of Feb 3rd. Adria out injured reserve as of January 18. Lower body, upper body, respectively. Injuries hampering this Dallas team. The Wild have acquired a point in every single game. They have won three out of four officially in overtime loss to the Dallas Stars on November 21st. Back when the Wild were getting snake bit in those close ones, they shut out Dallas way back on October 29. They snuck past with Kemper in net on the 14th, and then a much better performance by Dubnik in the Wild Escape with a shootout. 3-2 to two victory over the Stars on January 24. I do believe I predicted something like an extra period. Not predicting one here. I'm predicting a nice, solid little win for the Wild. It's going to be 3-2 to two victory for the Wild. I'm going to go with 4-2. to two. Most likely guy to score, Eric Halla. I'm going to say it every time we play Dallas because he is the most likely guy to score against the Dallas Stars. Uh, Kerry Lennon will be in that because Niemi was was annihilated by the Wild. This team is all offense, no defense. You are Detroit with minimal offense and minimal defense, minimal goal, goaltending, we'll say, for Detroit. Ducks are kind of de- are, are above average offense and very solid defense, very strong goaltending. The Wild need to beat this team. Um, don't be surprised, though. I mean, Sagan and Ben have been great all year. They, they were great last year. They've been frustrated the whole season. Very top-heavy team, and then a huge drop-off. Your fifth-leading score only has 17 or 25 points on the year. That's not that big of a drop-off, but it's big enough considering, considering Sagan is 51 points on the year, and he is the leading goal scorer with 20 points. Don't be surprised to see either one of those guys score in this game because they always do against the Wild. Uh, ben and Sagan, in fact, if it's a 3-2 game, I bet you both of the goals are going to be them. Maybe Klingberg is one of the two. I don't know, but... Um, this will be a 3-2 win for the Wild, 4-2 win for the Wild. Eric Halla will net another goal. Again, uh, Parisi, I think, is going to... I think Parisi's going to have multiple goals this week. I do think he'll score against Anaheim, and I could see him scoring against Dallas as well. But Eric Halla is the most likely guy for the Wild to score. I like the Wild's chance against this not-so-good goaltending. Again, the only fear is those two guys at the top there, Sagan and Ben. I mean, they're good. They're fantastic. Klingberg's been... You know, he's one of the best defensive in the league. He still is. He's an offensive producer and a good, strong defender and all that. But at the same time, I mean, it's just not working out there right now. And the frustration is sky high with that club. I can't imagine what's going through uh, 
Lindy Ruff's head right now. I mean, the frustration must be just sky high for him. He's a very good coach. But, I mean, the goaltending is not good. And maybe if they get a Devin Dubnik type of acquisition, maybe trade deadline type of thing, you know, you know, if they get a better goalie one of these days, they're going to be a good team again very soon. Lots of offensive production. It's all about goaltending. And the Wild, when they struggled with Kemper and Backstrom and Nett, there's nothing you can do. I mean, if you're going to give up four or five goals a game, three goals every single freaking night, like almost a guarantee, you're in trouble. And you're going to be playing from behind. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to press. And that's what took place with the, with the Wild years ago. And that's what's taking place with the Stars right now. I remember very well Darcy Kemper in Dallas, 7-1. I mean, it was just devastating. Would love to see the Wild beat the Stars 7-1, to but I don't think that's ever going to happen, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. That would be maybe if uh, Niemi was in that. Because, I mean, Lettinen isn't that bad. He's kind of the backstrom, and Niemi's like the Kemper. But, uh, whatever. They're just not very good at this stage. Um, it is what it is. 4-2 to victory for the Wild. Blah, blah, blah. A 2-1 week, but the Wild will get si- uh, 5 out of 6 points during the course of this week. I do see a shootout slash overtime loss to Anaheim at this stage. But, again, hopefully the Wild escape here with the sweep of the week. But, you know, you just can't pick that. So, again, MNW players, do go to that do go to that Facebook page. And, uh, yeah, just simply look it up and join it. Join it. And people have been joining it. Some from some of, some of my friends have been joining. Some guys from, MN, from Minnesota Wild Hardcore have been joining as well. I'm a member of that page as well. I'm not an admin. But uh, Pavel was kind enough to make me an admin on this page. So I did post things. Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck. Three points. One goal, two assists with Iowa. And I posted that up there so I could talk more about the prospects. Very fun. We'll talk some more with uh, Pavel here in a second. I mean, uh, I hope he doesn't mind me reading a little bit of what he said in the, our little conversation. It's because, you know, he's got some stuff to say about the prospects. So why not? You know, just adds to the show. Little, you know, adds a face to the show a little bit. Some faces out there. Uh, first of all, we'll just start off with Iowa. With all things are going. Only, I mean, not a whole lot going on this week. with the, But the Iowa Wild continuing to play very strong. And that's the good news. As we bounce around back and forth, attempting to catch up here. Mario Lucia did not get a point this week. Tuck only one game, three points. Olofsson, of course, called up. Sam Manas added an assist in a very low-scoring one nothing victory for the, uh, the Iowa Wild earlier this week. Actually, a 2-1 loss. Zach Mitchell adding a point in that one. Uh, scored the goal in that game. 2-1 loss for Iowa. And then a nice, strong win last night. Mike Riley, also one of the goal scorers along the way. So cool, cool to see Riley back in the, getting the puck in that again for Iowa. Uh, Olofsson and Schrader, of course, up with the Minnesota Wild. Lucia, no points added this week. He's at 22 right now. Uh, in always adding the points, but unfortunately for him, stuck down in Iowa. Just not at the NHL level for Timo Pulkinen. And I, I feel for him a little bit. So let's talk some more here with Pavel Bonnet. He says, ha ha. Uh, or no, he says, I, I know we have Kunin, Ek, Erickson Ek, that is, uh, Kaprizov, uh, Jordan Greenway, and Tuck. I absolutely believe that at least three of them can become a superstar. Three of them? Wow. He's got a really good feeling about that. But uh, three of them have a chance. Yeah, I would think. Uh, he says, our staff made a really good job during the last two drafts. They, they have. But there are other names. Now we have 40 prospects. I watched stats and info about all of them. I was one of few who believed in Erickson Eck shortly after the draft. I am in touch with two prospects. Alice Stezka, that's a goalie, and Pavel Jenis. Yep, he was a seventh-round pick, I believe. Both are from my country, the Czech Republic. Yep, the Czech Republic. Yep, I'm sorry, I meant to... I said Czechoslovakia, but it's Czech Republic, my bad. Uh, but Pavel Jenis is a little disappointing this season, but LS looks very good. That's the goalie. And I was saying, yeah, I wonder if he could be an NHL goalie. 
And he basically come uh, said that uh, Kapo Kulkinen is more likely to be an NHL goalie. And I agree. That guy is pretty good. Um, he's been solid during his time uh, over there in Europe. Uh, of course, he was a fourth-round pick in 2014. Kapo Kulkinen, yep, he was a fairly, a fairly recent pick. I just, you know, I had a feeling he was going to be good. He is fin- he is from Finland. Oh, and Nicholas Backstrom and, and Granlin and others. <sighs> 109th overall, 20 years old at this stage. 6'1", 191. Yep, he is a Finn. He is a Finn. 2.53 goals against average. 9-9 and over there right now for Luko Rama. <laughs> Luko Rama. One shutout on the season. Been solid over the course of time. And, and for Blues last year, this is an MN Liga, if I'm saying that correctly. 2.69 goals against average. Not a good win percentage, but that's not always your, his fault if his team isn't winning a whole lot of games. So kind of like down in Iowa earlier this year where some of those guys really stepping up this week. Both of those goaltenders have been just awesome. Uh, Alex Stalock, 2.45 goals against average. Steven McCulloch, 2.50 goals against average. 10 and 9 for McCulloch, 15 and 10 for Stalock. Those guys really stepping up down there. They're becoming more of a defensive team and then some offense as well uh, <laughs> being added on board. Alex Tuck, best game of the year for Iowa. Very positive uh, outlook for him right now. He's a plus 12 on that club. That is spectacular. That leads the club by a mile. Uh, it's like, wow. That's He's bringing a little Minnesota Wild to the Iowa Wild right now. And that, good good for him. Good for Alex Tuck. Luis Belpidio of Miami, Ohio. Miami, Ohio. 17 points on the season. He's already equaled last season's effort. Defenseman, of course, third round 80th overall from 2014, as we look at 2014 a little bit, already equal to 17-point production, 6 goals, 11 assists for Miami, Ohio, as he'll continue to move up there. Uh, offensive defenseman, um, very possible he will be on the Iowa Wild this upcoming season. At, at the very least, Jack Sedek act, uh, added an assist last week. He's at 7 points with the Covers right now. Kaprizov continuing to do his thing as well. Jordan Greenway just adding... Points, adding assists mostly. 24 points, only two behind last season's 26 is a freshman for Boston University. He's a squashmore, no sophomore, for Hockey East, Boston University, one of the elite clubs in college hockey. Gophers moved up after a very impressive sweep of Penn State last week. They are now fifth in the country to been playing Ohio State this weekend. Hopefully the Gophers can continue that. Only one Gopher officially right now is a wild prospect, and that's Jack Sedek out of uh, Lakeville, where Neil Natog Thiesing hails from. Um, 17 assists on the season for Greenway. Very cool. Luke Kunin of Wisconsin. Yes, the captain of Wisconsin. He's a sophomore coming into things here. Only 19 years old, and he is having a huge year. Uh, 18 goals, 10 assists at this stage. University of Wisconsin competing with the Gophers for the Big Ten Championship right now. Not, um, in the standings. In the standings, and then we'll worry about the, uh, the, the tournament at the end of the season the uh, conference tournament, and eventually the national, you know, the, the NCAA tournament. Can't wait for that. But 18 goals in the season, only one behind last year's total, and he has 10 games in hand, as we like to say. 10 less games played so far this year for him. Dmitry Sokolov, watch again, get those Russian flags rolling for the Minnesota Wild prospects. You got Kabrizov and Sokolov. These guys are going to be names for the Wild one day. Uh, Ontario Hockey League's finest here. This is one of the best players in the OHL. 36 goals in 47 games, 19 assists, 55 points in 47 games. I will continue to say, and I say it every week, and I will say it every single week, 
Next year, he needs to be up. Uh, it's basically, this is a major junior at this stage. So, ECHL or AHL for Sokolov next week. Or maybe, possibly, a year in, the, in, in college. Maybe a year or two in college. Might toughen him up a little bit as well, like a Colorado college. Not sure he'd come to the Gophers, but what if he did? What if he came to the Gophers? Why not? You know, then you're, then you're right here. Why not? Come on over. Just don't go to Wisconsin, please. Don't go to Penn State or anybody like that. Colorado College doesn't worry me too much because they're <laughs> they're in a different conference there, MCHC, something like that. Um, so don't go to St. Cloud State either. I hate that that school. <laughs> Cocky ass fans who've never won anything. So na 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 boo boo there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Only 18 years old for Sokolov. So yes, I mean he's dominating the OHL, but that's the equivalent of say Major League Baseball's rookie league, we'll say, because it's major junior. So at least it's a high top end junior. It's not just junior junior. It's high end. Um, so let's get out of this this uh, rookie league and move up to maybe double A ish. You'd say maybe college is single A. E and ECHL, like the uh, Quad City Mallards, is double A, and then AHL is triple A, and then NHL is major league right there. So, yes, it's a bit of a climb still for Sokolov, but he is doing so well at the OHL. I think it's time to get him to another level as soon as possible, um, either before the end of this year or at least by next fall at some point. Um, he needs to move up immediately. Uh, he's doing well. Luckily, he's still only 18, though, so he's got many years ahead of him. In his hockey career, he's born on April 14th, 1998. He's eight years younger than my cat. <laughs> that's long gone now. Um, that's kind of funny. Exactly the same birthday, April 14th. That was also the day Lincoln was shot, too. Hmm, that's not good. So let's not think about that. Let's think about Dmitry Sokolov. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But uh, let's uh, enjoy Dmitry Sokolov's continued development. I was very excited when the Wild took him. I mean, he has a chance to be something. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up... Uh, maybe a year or two with the college club like uh like uh um Olufsen. and then maybe he can come to the, and then he can come straight to the AHL he won't have to go to the ECHL he'd probably get a better he'd probably get better training in college actually versus the ECHL it's almost like ECHL quad city it's almost like it's it's almost like a purgatory you know like Sam Warning had a hat trick last week that was something I also talked about very cool former golfer he was a leading scorer for the Gophers he's doing well at the ECHL uh, level right now would be cool if the Wild bring him up to the AHL, send him to an AHL contract and see what happens. That's what I would like to see happen. He's doing very well for the Quad City Mallards. But again, it seems like one of those kind of hockey purgatories where, you know, you make a small amount of money, you make maybe 50000 a year, and it seemed like they just stay there. They don't really move up. And that's why a lot of our prospects got frustrated and left left the country because they didn't see themselves even getting to the AHL level. Or And if they do, that's the farthest they'll go. They get to AHL and struggle like Raphael Bosseri in the past. So things like that are definitely uh, definitely an issue with some of these guys. That's why they end up going overseas. Like uh, like Phillips as well, the former pick that the Wild uh, uh drafted uh, Zach Phillips. That's who he was. 28th overall. Very disappointing. 18 picks after Jonas Brodeen, who's definitely an NHL defenseman. Um, yeah, Mario Lucia, Nick Steeler, hopefully, and Steve McGollick. All three of those guys are out of Iowa right now and doing pretty well. So, for the most part. I mean, Steeler doesn't score much. He's a physical SOB. Uh, Carson Soucy's also a name that you got to see a couple of weeks ago when the Wild played Duluth. He's in his senior year, and he's playing well. And the coach does believe, the co- and of course, it's a, it's a coach. His coach is going to say nice things about him, but he does believe he's NHL 
uh, caliber player, 15 points on the season. He's a big, physical son of a biscuit, but he does add it, and he does add some points, 15 on the season. Not bad in 28 games, to be quite frank. Mostly just getting some power play assists here and there. Um, not bad, though. Uh, fifth round pick. Not a whole lot of fifth round picks have done much, but maybe maybe two of them will. Maybe Susie and, of course, Kirill Koppersdorf will end up being NHL players in the not-too-distant future. So there it is. Um, again, please join the Facebook page for Brave the Wild as well. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. Give that a follow. Please call in to the show. You know, Pavel, I wouldn't mind hearing from him at some point one way or the other. There's the call-in line 209-736-7877. 7 It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. And do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, whatever it is. Keep it from one to three minutes or so. Something like that. You'll be on here, and there'll be a fan interaction. Uh, Post-prospects will kind of wrap up the show with it. Like That's usually like I like to do with the other shows. And there it is. Uh, you'll be on board. That's There's one way to... That's the phone line. And then there's the call now button on the Facebook page. You call right in through Facebook Messenger. Boom, you're on just like a phone call, regardless if you're from here or Czech Republic or Canada or... Spain or whatever, uh, Australia, New Zealand, whatever that is, and call in and talk Minnesota Wild that way. And then the audio submission route is the final way to go through things. Use your free voice recorder on your smart device. Treat it the same way as a phone call and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. All this information will be in the show description. I'm even going to add the uh, MN, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to even add the uh, MNW players. Uh, Facebook page as well in the show description because, yeah, I mean, I'm a part of that page now and I'm very proud to be. Thank you very much again, Pavel. Nice to know you and uh, nice to get to know you. This is awesome. So thanks again. A little bit longer show today. A lot to talk about and uh, I'm enjoying this very much. Thank you again very much for your inclusion. Please tell your friends about the show if you could. Please give a positive positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher. I'd really appreciate it. And I'll give you a big shout-out and a thank you on air if you could kindly do that. I would just greatly appreciate that. Again, tell your friends about the show. Spread the word. Share the page. Share the... Uh Share the uh, the updates of the show, the episodes. I want to thank Tanae, Vince Germano, who continued to uh, retweet and like the uh, the post on Twitter when I... When I uh, post a link out to the show. Thank you guys so much for that. Really appreciate it for retweeting and telling your friends about it. Uh, thanks again. God bless. I want to say that does not go unnoticed. It's greatly appreciated. When I wish you all a good week, hopefully the Wild again continue to stay healthy and keep up their winning ways.